Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Sports with Shibs podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Shibilski, aka Shibs. You can now listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast. I will be making an Instagram and Twitter soon for fan involvement, such as poll questions. So without further ado, let's get straight into the first topic. And to kick our day off today, we have... NFL Players of the Week. Patrick Mahomes is the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. I kind of expected it. He threw for 360 passing yards, had five tutties, a passer rating of 144.2. The NFC Offensive Player of the Week was Saquon Barkley. I'll be honest, I did not expect this one at all coming into the week. But then after watching him and seeing his performance, uh, he deserved it. He had 164 rushing yards, 30 receiving yards, one rushing touchdown. He looked pretty good. Uh, Hopefully he can stay healthy this whole year so we can see more of Saquon. In years prior, he has been very injury prone, and it's been sad to see the number two overall pick just be kind of a bust because of his time off the field. Uh, If he played a full season and continues to play full seasons, I'm sure the pick will pan out for the Giants. The AFC Defensive Player of the Week is Minka Fitzpatrick. He had 14 tackles and a 31-yard touchdown off an interception. He looked good. The whole Steelers' defense looked very good. Uh, It was expected that that defense was going to stay very, very strong, though. The NFC Defensive Player of the Week was Uchina Nwosa, and he had seven tackles, a sack, a forced fumble. He looked good. Uh, He played the Broncos, obviously, for the Seahawks. He's on the Seahawks, and I thought that the Seahawks' defense looked very, very good. Uh, there's a lot of question marks around the Seahawks and the whole team in general, not just the defense uh, prior to the season. But I thought he looked very good. And then for the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, Cade York, obviously he had a 58-yard game-winning field goal against the Panthers. This is the Browns kicker. And... uh. I guess who else would you give it to when a kicker scores 14 points? It's pretty good. Uh, Four field goals, and he was four for four. He had two PATs, and then obviously the game-winning field goal. And then for the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, we have Zach McPherson, and he had two special team tackles and an onside kick recovery for the Eagles. Um, Don't know much about him, but congratulations to him. And then keeping it on the lists, uh, a updated MLB Cy Young list has come out. So as the MLB season is winding down, we finally have an updated list of AL and NL Cy Young candidates. And starting off with the American League, at number five is Shane Bieber, and he looks very good. Um, He's just not quite there to be number one yet. I think there's better pitchers out right now. 
at number four is Verlander. Now, Verlander has had a quiet year. He was someone who was coming into the year with low expectations, and he is just tearing it up. He's had one of his better years as a pitcher, and to see him at four is very shocking. Uh, I thought he would have been at two or three, maybe. Which, kicking off at three, is Gosman. Kevin Gosman for the Blue Jays. He obviously switched teams in the offseason, and he's been Kevin Gosman. He's been incredible. Uh, but I don't think he is as good as these next two people coming up. Really, three, four, and five, you could pretty much interchange them. I think, I think there's two pitchers in the AL that really stand out. At number two, it's obviously Shohei Otani. Uh, the two-way player is just incredible to watch as a hitter and a pitcher. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's Shohei. Uh, you can't really uh, compare Shohei to anyone in the MLB history. But there is one pitcher who is better than Shohei, and that is White Sox pitcher Dylan Cease. He has been having an incredible season. And the White Sox have not been having a very good season, but he has been a man on a mission, and he looks great. Uh, really, one and two you could interchange, and three, four, and five you could also kind of interchange. But that's the AL list of Cy Young candidates as of right now. And now heading to the National League, the NL, at number five is Aaron Nola. He's been having a very quiet year I thought he's been very good uh just not as good as some of the other people on this list and at four is Max Freed and Freed looks incredible he right he's the ace for the Braves and he's been that guy for the past two seasons uh but yeah not much to say there just pretty good season not good enough to be a Cy Young winner though at number three is Edwin Diaz. Now, this comes as a shock because he would be the first closer to win a Cy Young in quite some time. He has been phenomenal. There has been so much hype around Edwin Diaz because of his awesome intro, but also because Diaz is actually a very good pitcher and he improved a lot from last year to this year. And I think that's what people are really excited for. And that's why vote getters are, or but that's why he's receiving votes from the voters. And number two is Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins. He's been on a mission this year. He's been very good. He's stayed very consistent throughout the year. Uh, not, not really a shock at number two. He could be one. Um, at number one is Carlos Rodon, though, and I really think that Alcantara should be number one. He's just had a better year, I think, personally, but Rodon has been very good nonetheless for the Giants, obviously switching teams this offseason as well. And it'll be interesting to see. So my picks, who I would vote for, I would give Alcantara the NL Cy Young, that's who I would personally vote for, and I would also give it to Cease in the AL. Uh, I believe those two have made the biggest impact on the year for their teams, 
Uh, both teams are quite uh, below average, but their pitchers are above average. Their aces are stellar. And then the Dodgers beat the D-backs to secure their ninth NL West title in the last 10 years. Um, it's not really a shock when the Dodgers can pretty much buy any player they want and just continue to load up their team. Um, I personally don't like when teams do this and create super teams. I think it takes a lot away from the game and the beauty of it. But uh, nonetheless, it's pretty hard to win nine straight titles in your division well, not nine straight, nine out of the last 10 years to win the division is very impressive. So congratulations to the Dodgers. And Donovan Mitchell in a interview recently today said that he thought he was going to the Mecca of basketball and become a Nick. This is shocking because that was the big story was Donovan Mitchell is going to be a Nick, right? Him and Brunson are going to be the backcourt of the Knicks for the future. That's what everyone was saying all summer long is what people were saying that Donovan Mitchell is going to become a Nick. And when he got traded to Cleveland, it came out of like left field. Uh, it, it really took me by surprise. I was surprised that Cleveland even decided to make the jump on him and I was shocked that the Knicks didn't want to make a jump on him. It is kind of shocking because you have a all-star caliber player of Donovan Mitchell. He's very young. He's a little undersized, but nonetheless, a very good guard. And if he thought he was going to be a Nick, and we all thought he was going to be a Nick, then Danny Ainge was the only one who knew he was not going to be a Nick. I think the Knicks even didn't want to have him because if they would have got him and Brunson, it would have been two undersized guards running the show of the backcourt. And usually when that happens, not very well things happen for the team. It, it just comes as a shock to me that Donovan Mitchell even thought he was going to become a New York Nick. And then going into NFL, Mitchell Trubisky got his first win, and he is hungry for more. He wants the Steelers' offense to have a killer mindset for the rest of the season. I thought Trubisky looked very good in the opening game. He looked very calm out there, and that's what he didn't look like in Chicago. It came as a shock to me that he looked very calm. He didn't look uh, rushed. He didn't look... Uh, Another word for it would be unorganized. He looked very collected in his debut with the Steelers, and I thought this was a great start for Pittsburgh because I'm a big believer that you should let your rookie quarterback sit. I don't think Kenny Pickett needs to start if Trubisky continues to do what he's been doing. If if the Steelers go on a little run and they're 3-0, I wouldn't even throw Kenny Pickett in yet. I would just ride with Trubisky. And if Trubisky takes him to a 9-8 and eight or an 8-9 and nine year and Pickett doesn't have to play, well, that's good because I think Pickett should just sit back and watch for a year. 
I do not like it when modern day rookie quarterbacks just get and any quarterback that just gets thrown into the game their first year with very little experience and no one to guide them. It only goes the wrong way when that happens. It doesn't usually turn out very well. There's very few cases where it turns out very well. If you think of all the great quarterbacks nowadays, they all sat behind someone. And I mentioned that last week, and there's the very few quarterbacks typically you're scrambling quarterbacks that can come out of college and adapt to the NFL because they have that experience of being a multi-athlete almost, being a quarterback slash running back hybrid. They have that natural ability to make a play happen. And then sticking with quarterbacks and sticking with that, going on to probably the mo- the best hybrid quarterback, Lamar Jackson says he is done talking about his contract and done talking about the Ravens and any works of a deal. And I said this last week, if I was the Ravens, let him go. Let him go. You have a very good young uh, quarterback behind Lamar who looked very good in preseason. So if Lamar wants a lot of money and the Ravens aren't willing to pay or if they franchise tag him, that's up to them. I just don't think that the Ravens need this drama around them right now. They have a decent squad, and the last thing they need is locker room hustle and locker room drama. So if I was the Ravens, I would just let Lamar walk after the year or even trade Lamar because you do have a competent quarterback behind Lamar right now. Um. That's my takes on Donovan Mitchell, uh, Trubisky, and Lamar Jackson. And now, introducing the stat of the day. For today's stat of the day, 32 years ago today, Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. became the first father and son to homer in the same game in MLB history. And then we're tracking back to golf. Roy McIlroy remains firm as opinions differ on Ryder Cup status for live players. Some of the European live players and PGA players have been amending the uh, division in golf right now. Actually, a lot of the European PGA players don't care if live players join the Ryder Cup because they want to solely win the Ryder Cup. Europe had a very tough time last year at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin, which was pretty cool. Anyway, back to the golf. Uh, McRoy remains uh, very stern and he doesn't want live players out there on the Ryder cup. And it just goes to show that he is truly the face of the PGA, the poster boy, the baby face. He's all that in one. And it's just cool to see that his stands still remain true. Even after friends of his and winning doesn't matter to him really. If if 
he wanted to win, he would have told his his friends at the Live Tour to come on over and we can win the Ryder Cup and get some bucks. But he doesn't want that. He doesn't want that. He only cares about how the PGA can pretty much decimate the Live Tour. And to me, it's awesome because I'm a huge PGA fan. I'm not a Live fan. I am a big believer in old school golf. I talked about this last week. So yeah, it's just cool to see McRoy staying true to his words. And now, introducing the stat of the day. And then we have a special stat of the day. Shout out to my dad for providing me this stat. Yadier Molina will wear a custom mask in record-breaking start as Wayno and Yadi will break the record for batter mates set at 325 starts together. It's pretty awesome to see this record get broke. Uh, it's very rare you see a pitcher and a catcher have such a longevity career together. So shout-out to Wayno and Yadi for sticking it out together on one team. And then finally, getting into our final rundown on the day, Netflix has dropped a Redeem Team documentary trailer. Initial thoughts are by me that it looks pretty good. Uh, I can't wait to see what the players say about Kobe on that Redeem Team. Uh, big news is that uh, we get to hear more about Kobe and see some new stories come out possibly about Kobe. And then the Guardians win fifth straight and spoil Mike Trout's home run streak. It ended at seven games. Uh, home run every game for seven straight games by Trout. Uh, he could have broke the record if he hit one, but he did not against the Guardians. Matt Ryan's first career start as a Colt amplified his career and legacy as, a, as he finally hit 60,000 yards passing for career. Keenan Allen is ruled out of the Thursday night football game tomorrow. And then on this day in history, in 1975, Milwaukee Brewer Robin Yount breaks Mel Ott's record playing in 242 MLB games as a teenager. And then also on this day in history, in 1994, MLB team owners vote to cancel remainder of the 94 season as well as the World Series for only the second time in history, continuing labor dispute players with the Players Association. And that was mentioned in the Jeter documentary, if you watched that. So yeah, we can go back and do a recap on the day we talked about NFL Players of the Week. We talked about the MLB season winding down, and an updated Cy Young list came out. We talked about the Dodgers uh, winning their ninth NL West title in 10 years. Donovan Mitchell thought he was going to be a Nick all this time. Uh, good thing he didn't come out and say anything that he thought he was going to be a Nick, like what Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant do. Uh, Trubisky uh, is hungry. He wants to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Lamar and contract talks are... Uh, Quite an iffy 
subject, a touchy, touchy subject with uh, Lamar, and he doesn't really want to talk about it anymore. And then we talked about golf with Rory McIlroy, not wanting to talk about live golfers and how he doesn't want them uh, at the Ryder Cup playing with uh, PGA golfers. We had one play of the day, two stat of the days, and then our final rundown on the day. Thank you for listening to the Sports with Shibs podcast. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts now. I'm going to be starting an Instagram page and a Twitter page for more fan involvement. I'm your host, Dylan Shibs Shabilsky, signing off for the day. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to join me again tomorrow for more sports and different topics. Thank you.